Life is the soul's journey to experience this physical world. Living life to the fullest is how we get the most from that experience. Join me in my podcast and YouTube series to explore the soul's journey and our connection to spirit. Hi, I'm Kennedy Morgan, spirit medium, and welcome to Hello from Heaven. Hello, hello, everyone. Kennedy Morgan here. How are you? Welcome to my podcast, Hello from Heaven. It's a podcast where we might uh, hear stories uh, that can bring us inspiration, hope, joy, comfort, maybe some peace and healing uh, through the stories that we hear. That's why I call it those little hellos from heaven, little insights that might maybe change our lives or give us a different perspective or bring some awareness to those things that are happening around us. My very first guest for the very first episode of Hello from Heaven is Norma Loeb. Uh, she is a friend of mine and also someone who has an interesting um, career and um, commitment to uh, something that she experienced with her mother um, going through a condition called Lewy body. And so I want to bring Norma on here to have her kind of sort of talk about it and talk about her experience and the um, spiritual awareness that she gained from that experience. So here we go. Good, Kennedy. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for doing this with me today. It's always for the very first episode of the podcast. I think it's the perfect, perfect episode um, to have you come on board here and, and, and share your story with us. Um, you know, I met you, gosh, went about a year and a half ago, two years ago, somewhere around there. And you had come to the cafe that I owned here in Puerto Vallarta, and um, which has kind of sort of hit it off from there. So um, it's 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 been a great uh, development of our friendship, and I really appreciate that. But in that process of learning about you, you also have a story of your own, um, which if I if, correct me if I'm wrong, it has to do something with your mom or a condition that your mom had, right? And yes. it's called Lewy body. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but it's Lewy body disease. Okay. Um, and I wanted to, you know, um, share your story with my audience, because I think that, you know, after our conversations and our discussions together, which have been always so fascinating and so interesting, um, you found kind of sort of your own spiritual path through that process in taking care of your mom who had Lewy body. Am I correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, so, so tell us a little bit more about that story and what happened and what Louis body is. And, you know, yeah. thank you, Kennedy. I'd be happy to do that. So it's basically though Some people will say disease. It's more commonly known for those who have heard of it because so many people haven't as Louis body dementia. And though most people have not heard of it, it is by no means rare. It's the second most common form of progressive dementia after Alzheimer's, but nobody ever heard of it. Same way people never heard of Alzheimer's, say, 40 or 50 years ago. You know, but, it's so interesting that you say that because I, when you had said that to me, I've never actually heard of Louis body before. But then to hear you say that it's actually pretty common, um, I'm surprised that, that there isn't more awareness to that. Yes, which is why I do what I do now. Wow. And for those who may have heard of it, some people have heard it because it's the disease that Robin Williams had, but he never knew he had it. Really? Yes. It's wow. misdiagnosed very often because it's a combination. I'll, I'll just mention briefly the symptoms in addition to cognition issues. Um, usually with people with Alzheimer's, it's memory issues right away. With Lewy body, it's more about what they call executive function. So it's problems 
with multitasking and with problem solving, trying to do a checkbook using a remote, you start seeing things at the beginning, beginning like that. So those are called cognition issues. But in addition to those, which Alzheimer's won't have, all the other things that I mentioned, are Parkinson's symptoms. And what I mean by that, it's not just necessarily a tremor, and there could be no tremor in the hand, but slowness of movement and rigidity in the arms and legs. However, those aren't the only two symptoms because most people have hallucinations, usually mm. of children or animals. They have fluctuations. And for anyone who may be wondering about a loved one or a friend, fluctuations are key in knowing because a person with Alzheimer's or another dementia is going to be about the same every day. You're going to have highs and lows with everybody's moods, but they won't be able to. People with Lewy body can have a whole conversation on what's going on in the world today. And then later on or the next day, won't be able to have any conversation at all. Mm, so and then there are other symptoms as, as well. The thing I want to mention the most, in addition to the other symptoms like visual, spatial, there's, there's problems with depth perception and also with depression and anxiety, which is why Robin Williams was misdiagnosed first with depression because he had that as a younger man, but also with Parkinson's. Mm -hmm. And the reason, and, the, and this is so important, the reason why it's so important to be diagnosed correctly because there's no cure for any of those is because Lewy body people are very sensitive to medications and the wrong one can make them worse and can be fatal. Wow. Wow. So now tell the, tell our listeners, like, how, how do you know so much about this? Like, I mean, what started it all for you? Thank you. So what, what happened was when my mom was 75, she had trouble doing her checkbook and she was great with numbers and she just said she couldn't do it. And I, and that was many years ago now. In fact, can't believe it. I just realized it's 25 years ago. Wow. And on that journey of her going to her internist and hearing quote, it's a normal part of aging, which it certainly isn't. I then took her to doctor after took doctor and she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, misdiagnosed, then misdiagnosed with Parkinson's. What was your process from like understanding that it was a misdiagnosis of Parkinson's or dementia to actually the Lewy body diagnosis? Like what happened between that time? And did you have to like do your own research or were there like many, many tests that were done and how hard is it to actually diagnose this condition or just did this, this disease? Okay. So it is very commonly misdiagnosed. And that's one of the reasons I do the work that I do that I'll, I'll talk about momentarily, but because she couldn't do the checkbook and then had problems with um, answering certain questions. And she also had a problem with her gait that she, she was not lifting her feet. But I didn't take notice of that when someone's 75 and then you're younger, you're not sure. realizing what's going to happen. Yeah. Yes. No, and in fact, when she was misdiagnosed with Alzheimer's and I took her regularly every few months to the doctor, it was two years later that the doctor, a geriatrician said, let me watch how she walks. And I said, why? I think she has Parkinson's. I said, what? And I thought like that was the worst thing I could hear. And meantime, people with Louis Bonnie wish they just had Parkinson's, I have mm -hmm. to say, is I said, she's been walking like that for the two years I've been bringing her here. But again, now, Kennedy, I could notice someone with Parkinson's symptoms with one eye closed. I didn't know what it looked she like. And so her. then I took her. I took yeah. her to major medical centers in New York 
And that must have been that must have been pretty well, pretty daunting on you because here you here your mother is two years into this, and you're like, why didn't I notice this earlier? Why didn't I think about this earlier? Right? I'm pretty sure those questions went through your head, and then only to find out later that the doctor says that she might have Parkinson's, and you're looking back, and you know hindsight's always twenty twenty, and you're looking back, going, oh my god, I should have like you know done this. I mean, I, I, what was going through your head when you heard that? I just well. I always think you don't know what you don't know. And mm-hmm. so when you see someone who's older and shuffling and maybe forgetting things and she's been diagnosed with Alzheimer's. So you're thinking that's part of that sure. disease, sure. which is very common with this. And then what happened was um, I took her to two different medical centers and one physician mentioned Louis body to another physician. And when I got home and looked online and there was very little information back then, she had about 18 of the 20 symptoms. And I took it from there. And I went back to a different geriatrician who gave me, I, I, you know what? <laughs> I can go on and on about stories about how this doctor said to me, oh dear, that's very rare, which it wasn't. And this is supposed to be an expert. And, and how many times she was misdiagnosed, but it's the norm. And so when I, when I viewed online and got the information and hearing about Louis body, I, for the next year, researched everything. And then after that year, I kind of became an expert on it in, mm-hmm. in, in my own right. Yeah. And was later asked by someone on a forum, would I like to lead a support group in New York? Would I facilitate it? And that's what started me on the next part of this journey. What's what differentiates Louis body from everything else? I guess that's my my question is okay. like, what the so, conditions or the symptoms that different differentiates Louis body from somewhere else. Because I think it's important to tell the listeners, like, you know, if it's something that they suspect that they know exactly what are those specific conditions that they're looking for. Okay. Perfect question. Um, first, I want to mention that if anyone has any suspicions about this, the one, the doctors that generally are the ones to diagnose it are neurologists. And so the difference between Alzheimer's and some of the other lesser known dementias, even vascular, and there's a frontal temporal, is that people with Lewy body have these multiple symptoms. And so it used to be originally, and as recently as 10 years ago, that in order to be diagnosed correctly, you would have cognition issues and Parkinson's symptoms within the same first year. And then they changed that because there are some people who have Parkinson's symptoms and they are diagnosed with Parkinson's and the next year, two, three, even up to five years later, they start having these cognition issues and memory issues. Most people who have Parkinson's like Michael J. Fox, like Muhammad Ali, don't have cognition issues until way down 20 plus years. So when someone has Parkinson's and then is having these cognition issues within say five years, they call that Parkinson's disease dementia, Mm -hmm. but it comes under the same heading and is the same disease as the wee body. Okay. But in addition, so, so I want to say again, key, Kennedy, key really is most people have hallucinations. Okay. And so that will distinguish that from Alzheimer's and the fluctuations in somebody being able to just, you would never know something is wrong um, versus how they are at a different moment that same day or a few days later. 
what's what's the most common like um symptom that you see when you work with your support group or when you work with um um people with Lewy body well so for instance i'll say about hallucinations this this happened with me with my mom and i think it's a perfect example to sh to share is when people say oh should i tell them that's a hallucination well that works for some who understand that they have this disease and some do but others don't so when someone's having hallucination you never want to argue with them because it's their reality and what they're saying and quite frankly kennedy i don't know half the time is what they're seeing is real or not i just need to say that <laughs> times um so if someone saw bugs on the floor you wouldn't say like i did at the time ma there are no bugs on the floor you would get a broom or a mop and I would, which I did in the future, mom, sit down, I'm getting the broom, I'm getting rid of the bugs, you don't have to worry about it. In this way, you're substantiating what she's feeling and seeing, mm -hmm. and you are making her feel safe, and she doesn't have to think about the solution, because that's the hardest part for them. You know, it's interesting, I, and I kind of sort of connect with that just a little bit, and this and this comes back, I'm, I'm bringing it back to my own experience as a medium, and as I was kind of sort of starting off way back when, and I used to hear voices in my head, and they weren't always like clear, distinct voices, like, you know, uh, separate voices, like if I, how I hear you, I would hear them in my own head's voice, but they were clear enough where I could, it's, it almost felt like it was my own thinking. And then sometimes I would have these weird, strange thoughts that would come through when I would be in a crowd and I didn't know why I thought I was going crazy. And I would tell some friends, they'd be like, oh, don't worry, you're just stressed. And it would almost, to me, it was almost like, it was almost like, okay, so there's something wrong with me. And it made me more scared when people said that, oh, you're just stressed or, or you just had a hard day or whatever that may be. Because then I felt like I was going crazy because I was experiencing something they didn't. And that made me more anxious. So I would imagine, and, and I'm just kind of sort of relating myself to this situation, you know, someone who has Louis body who is, who, you know, is having or are having these moments of hallucinations or things like that, that when someone kind of sort of foo-foos, you know, the, the, the idea of, for example, with your mom, bugs on the floor, it lets them know like, oh my God, there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with me. And that just makes you more anxious. I would imagine that's what those type of people are, you know, people with Louis body are experiencing when you say something like that, or when their, you know, family members or friends or loved ones say something like that, not knowing, you know, that they're actually maybe um, not helping versus like doing it in a different way, like you did, where you told your mom to go sit down and I'm going to go you know, sweep the bugs up for you, not a problem type of thing, where you're validating their experiencing and not taking that away from them. You know, it's absolutely true because I can't tell you how many people, particularly who have Louis body, and I've learned the most um, in this past year and a half because I lead a group. I just hold the space for people who have Louis body throughout um, the US. And I've learned more from them because they get extremely frustrated when they, <laughs> they know that there are days that they can't possibly have conversations or that they, they don't want to do something. Apathy is another big thing. They, they can't muster the energy to do something. They may want yesterday, they may have wanted to, and they just can't do that. And then 
they may see friends and on this one particular half hour, they there's nothing wrong with them. And people say, oh, you're okay. There's nothing wrong with you. It really bothers them to hear that. Mm. And it really bothers. And, and other people in line with what you just said, hide from their spouses or loved ones, the hallucinations that they're having because they don't, they think nobody else has seen this. I can't say it. That's so funny that you said, because that's what happened. That's what I started doing. I started like, I'm not going to say anything to anyone. I'm not going to, you know, tell people what I'm experiencing because they're going to think I'm crazy. And then it's going to make me more anxious. Right. So it's, and, 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 and what's got to be really tough too, is like some, some, and I would imagine some people with Louis body are very aware of the disease that they they have, and maybe they know what the conditions are. So when they experience these moments, they don't know how to intern internally, like, you know, bring things together where, you know, they, it, it's, they realize it's part of the reality at the moment, but at the same time, it's not. And they know that, I mean, how, can you imagine it? How to internally and emotionally and mentally deal with that on top of everything else that you're experiencing too? That's, that's gotta be tough. Yes. So. And it's, it's, it's absolutely so difficult for them to know because they will talk about not knowing how they will be when they wake up yeah. or when they wake up, if they're having a good morning that they know they may have night terrors that particular night. And right now they're doing fine, but they're dreading going to sleep because that, oh, sorry. The other major symptom that many people have early is a REM sleep disorder. And what that is, is people are living out their dreams and thrashing in their sleep. They can hit who they're sleeping with. It's mm-hmm. part, usually when people are sleeping, your body kind of paralyzes. So if you're running in your sleep or moving your arms, you're not doing that in the bed. But for, with a REM sleep disorder, that is what you're doing. And so a lot of people punch the people next to them or they fall <laughs> out of the bed. Yes, it's very common. Yeah, wow. Well, I've, I've, I've been known to hit my partner in bed. <laughs> yes. Maybe only not what you we had, Only we had, only because we had a disagreement the night before. <laughs> yes. My next question is, what was it like then when you went to visit your mother or took care of her? Were you always nervous about, like, and I hate to say this, like, who, who was she going to be that day? So I want to say that I am so grateful that that didn't happen to her except less than a handful of times. There are other people that are dealing with this every single day. And though they say that people live with this disease, say four to eight years, my mom had it for 18 years. She was, yes, not the norm. She was a fighter. She was a tough one. Oh, she's very strong. And if you don't have anything else physically wrong with you, so she lived till 93 and she- And those years, she was bedridden in the last eight years and she lived with me. So I, I went with her, I was with her every step of the way. And so I didn't have to fear that. I just, she was always so solution oriented. If there's a problem, she's taking care of it. She was also a tough Bronx girl (laughs) and she's going to take care of it. And that's how I was brought up too. So when, whenever something else, you know, would arise, then I'm taking care of that. But I never felt a fear. Um, I just went with every new symptom that slowly came and dealt with it. And so many were not easy. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I just remember once, you know, her not trusting me 
it was, and it only happened once. And this happens to people every single day that I talk to in the groups and stuff that I, someone just said yesterday in the group, her husband said, I hate you. I want you dead. Get away from me. In the meantime, she's doing everything for him. So it's really, really hard. But with my mom, I am so grateful. She also never said, I want to die. I don't know what's happening. She just kind of, I think Kennedy, it was because she felt so, she felt safe. Mm-hmm. And part of, part of with this disease or anything, a brain disease, people need to feel safe. Mm. And they need to feel in control at the same time. So, well, I think she felt safe with you because you figured it out. Like you did your research and you figured out, I need to change my approach to my mother and be able to be a chameleon, you know, in that, in that sense to kind of sort of, you know, a match where she was for that day. So exactly. I was just going to say that. Yeah. You, you made a really good point when you said feeling safe and in control. Cause I think, you know, especially as we get older, we tend to want to be more in control of things and feel safer, right? And so, you know, when we feel we lose that, and I know if I'm talking to myself for this, when we feel like we lose that control or lose that sense of security or safety, we start to get more anxious and more, you know, angry or even like upset at times. Yes. And so. that happens so many times because what happens is then the person who's caring for them and these are family members, not professional caregivers who may also be there, but they start telling them what to do as if they're talking to children. Mm. And they are very, very aware of how you're talking to them. They mm. may have a brain disease, but mm. they are very aware. And, and I want to stress that, that though people with Lewy body don't necessarily forget everything until later on, um, it's a slow retrieval process. So if you ask a question, you may need to wait up to 20 seconds for an answer. If mm. they, they know the words, they can't get them out. Uh. As these progresses, then memory issues come in. But mm. it's so many times they don't want to be spoken to. So I, I suggest to people, if he needs to take a shower today and it's 11 o'clock, we have to take a shower. Well, that time, the same way, Kennedy, that you just said, to meet them where they are. It's not his time to take a shower at 11 o'clock and you're going to have to adjust your timing for Mm -hmm. that person Mm -hmm. so that it works. Or to say, would you like to take a shower now? If he says no, how does about an hour from now sound? Maybe that'll work out well. To give him, give the people a choice so that they feel in control because they are so aware of that. Mm-hmm. Now, in your in your process of like, you know, working with um, your support group, uh, um, do you do like training classes on how to care for people with Lewy body or or is it just working through just talking about as it comes in your support group? In the support group, mainly people want to have their five minutes or so. We, we have many people in there now to talk about what has happened in the last two weeks. And everybody wants to say it. And then it's almost like everyone's talking for everyone else because so many people are dealing with that. And this is the only place where people understand because all of the support groups, if it's just Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, no one's understanding it. Family members don't understand it. So they're happy to be there. But I do do training via Zoom or in person for staff at nursing homes or mm-hmm. assisted livings and, and things like that because people, they do, a lot of places do dementia training mm-hmm. uh, for places now, not all of them, the better ones, but they nobody knows about Louis Body Kennedy. They just, they don't, the whole reason for me starting my organization is 
is to bring awareness to this disease so that people aren't misdiagnosed because it's it's just it's it's so hard to deal with and people don't know how to deal with it right and is it and it's because it's that that brought up a question in my head here and i don't know if if this is the right form or not for it but you know i'm gonna break the barrier here and, and, <laughs> yeah. and offend a few people. But, you know, I, I also think sometimes too, that, you know, because um, as we get older and become, we become more elderly and, and, and whatnot, I feel like it's like, you know, the elderly get kind of sort of forgotten and, you know, it's easier to just diagnose them with whatever is the easiest diagnosis or what is the most, the most relatable diagnosis to their condition. And then, be off with them, set them up on, you know, um, uh, a bed or a hospice or, you know, nursing home or whatever, and then continue giving them medication. And that's going to be that type of thing. Right. And so then, you know, it's important. I think that, that when, when there's a caregiver like you or somebody who thinks they may, they, that they may have Louis body, if they're cognizant about that, that they understand that there is a condition here, a real condition here. And that when we when we match and we rise up to that condition, that I that that's when people they may not have a cure for this and they may not you know get well from this, but the way that they continue to live their lives out will be much easier and a little bit better with more comfort and security and safety, right? Versus like just giving them medication, putting them in a, in a nursing home, and be done with it type of thing, right? I, and exactly what you said, if you're diagnosed correctly, it can make a big difference in treatment and earlier on. So when I mentioned Robin Williams, because he was misdiagnosed, this is, um, I worked with his- I don't think anybody my, knows about that. I, can I tell you, if if you research it, you'll find it. It was written, in fact, his wife, Susan Williams, um, a, a documentary was done called Robin's Wish, mm-hmm. um, which we um, had an exclusive private showing, we had to call it at the time. And it, it's about the last three years of his life. Mm-hmm. And and in speaking to Susan, it's they kept trying to go to doctors and he was diagnosed with Parkinson's and dementia. She thinks they were coming closer, but they hadn't before. But in in my view, Robin had a thousand voices in his head on a normal day. I so I can't even imagine with him not knowing what he had, what was going on. So mm. a lot of people will ask, you know, did he know about this? Yeah. He didn't know. He didn't know what was happening as much as they kept trying. And also with what you're saying, I again want to stress about the wrong medications. He too, if you're given the wrong medications and some of the Parkinson's medications can be wrong for people with Lewy body about 50% of the time those medications can give them hallucinations. And that's the other calls that I get. What can I do? And and doctors, and I, I need to say it, give wrong medications because they're not diagnosing them correctly or they don't understand oh, but, the disease. But that's, uh, I think that's true. And that's, that's, you know, common when doctors, you know, I think we rely on doctors too much. And I'm not saying, I'm not discrediting doctors or the medical industry or field, but, but I think that people rely on doctors too much sometimes. And, you know, um, they don't do their own research or don't do their own um, investigation into whatever illness or sickness or disease that might be affecting their loved ones or even themselves for that matter. And I think that it's, it's important to do so too and take the doctors into consideration, but, and, 
it's like the old saying, right? Get more than, you know, one opinion on things, okay? Because you never know. And as long as I think if you're doing your due diligence in terms of, you know, finding out what's going on or what's happening to your loved one or yourself, I think that's the most important thing. And then you, and then you work from there. Now, um, um, you have something that's kind of sort of uh, in line with this too, which is the video that you told me that's coming up here or the documentary that's coming up here for you. Yes. Thank you. Mm -hmm. We, We have independent filmmakers working on a documentary right now. New York filmmakers who have had two different films on PBS, I'm happy to say. And so we we are what's called the fiscal sponsors for, mm-hmm. for the documentary. So we have done some raising specifically for the film. Not so easy to do that, but I have a wonderful board member who has helped. And that film is completely, as I said, independent. And they are almost finished filming. And now it will take about a year for the editing and all of that and they will uh be looking for a distributor and have sample reels to go to netflix pbs um wow and, and other places so netflix yeah. is a big deal that's that's huge. yeah no it is and cnn um yeah. for, for all of them so they will see um i just my hope is to bring as much awareness to this disease as possible and and have a large awareness campaign in conjunction with the film and mm-hmm. and a book that'll be coming out by the same board member mm-hmm. uh, that because if if we can have people know that it exists mm-hmm. just not to say louis how do you spell that or louis what mm-hmm. just so that they don't say that just so you're aware and someone can get an early diagnosis not be misdiagnosed and not given wrong meds. Yeah, because I remember us talking about it and you had said it for the return. I was like, Louie, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, and it's Louis so who? many years. Yes. And unfortunately, and, and Kenny, it's so frustrating because even if GPs, internists, psychiatrists, they all heard of it, but I swear I've never seen the medical the medical books that they have. But I know for a fact that there can't be more than one page in the book, and so they don't know anything about it. But to be clear, this 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 condition or disease is is has been known. Is they just don't they just haven't really, you know, created awareness around it where it would be like okay, this is what this person has, and it sounds to me like maybe maybe. Because of this, the 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 common perspective is that it's a rare disease when you're saying that it's not. Exactly. And the truth is, there's a man called Frederick Louis who discovered Louis bodies in the brain in the early 1900s, but it really didn't come to the fore to the 1990s early mm-hmm. 1990s that people were paying attention. So it's not so surprising, but it's also, it's just so frustrating because it's just, and there's more research coming out now in this mm-hmm. past year, particularly that so many people who have been diagnosed with Alzheimer's when they do an autopsy, they don't have Alzheimer's. Mm. So many people may very well have oh, had. So there's, there's actually a, a, a difference in the, uh, the, I don't know what you would call it, but the, the, the brain scans. Um, yes. Who has dementia or Alzheimer's. Or even like Parkinson's, and versus, Parkinson's. Somebody has, versus somebody who has Dewey body. Absolutely. Right? Wow. It, and it's almost more in line with Parkinson's, but mm-hmm. there's so many, they, it, they're all on a spectrum. Mm-hmm. And again, every year that I hear something coming out, 
it's it's there's so much not known and mm-hmm. that's why i so value the people in my group which i call the lbd crew mm-hmm. the ones who have louis body and there's also a, a, another group in the country that's run and it's they're just so brave and and um they're just sharing all this information. So I want to do anything I can to help them and all the caregivers who try every day and people don't understand what they're going through. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll, I, I'll have to be honest with you. I, I can't relate to that degree because I've never been in that situation. So how could I speak to it? You know, but I can imagine how difficult it must be, not just for someone with the Lewy body uh, disease to go through it and knowing that they're meant they're in mental decline. Right. And then to have their loved ones or the caretakers care for them and to watch this happen over years or period of time. Right. And that's got to be hard because when you when you look at that and you see somebody in their healthiness and their wholeness when they didn't have the disease to the end, towards the end, when they have their disease, you're just like, this is not the same person I knew type of thing. Yeah. So. And I, I, you know, one of the things that I have really found so much, so I, I found it with my mom and then have seen it and could feel it with others is that they almost have a sixth sense because I don't know if it's making up for what they're unable to do the way they used to, but they're extremely sensitive to energy. Hmm. And so if someone and that's why this, the same thing, are they, are they more sensitive to what may be happening, you know, seeing hallucinations or what they can feel when you're frustrated, when mm. you're angry. I mean, we all know when someone's sure. angry, but they can feel it very strongly. Mm. And that's why I really encourage people to, it's so hard to be patient with someone who's yelling at you, who's repeating things, who's not listening to you, <laughs> but as much as you can speak in a soft voice, mm-hmm. be patient and be loving. It's like we all want to be treated that way. Mm-hmm. We all want to be treated with love. And and feeling the love is what makes the difference every time with everyone. It's the thing mm-hmm. that can calm them, oh, as sure. does music, as does music. Sure, yeah. And And I think that a lot of people don't realize that the energy of love is making all the difference in in all of it. Yeah. Everything. Oh, I totally believe that. And I, I do believe too, because you know me, even though I do what I do as a medium and I have the, uh, the, the spiritual connection that I do, um, I also come from a practical sort of place too. And I think that the brain works in so many different ways that we don't even fully understand it. So even when we may not be cognizant of what might be going on around us, Sometimes even if we're, you know, sleeping or, um, you know, having the conditions of this disease, we can still sense and hear in the tone of voice that's being used with us, you know, so, and if your tone of voice has that irritating tone like that versus the loving tone, the softness, everything's going to be okay tone, right? you hear that and i think subconsciously how your brain takes that it also too makes a difference in your physical or physiology as you are going through this illness so um and i do believe in that i also believe in energy too where it's like you know if you walk into the room and you're already irritated for that day and you know you have to take care of somebody else with this disease and you're irritated because of that already they're going to feel that you know 
It's like your kids when you come home and you come home from a hard day of work and maybe you're trying not to show it, but their kids will feel it. Absolutely. I remember um, there's a TED talk with Jill Bolt Taylor mm-hmm. who had had a stroke and she was only in her thirties. She had to relearn how to speak and she was um, a neuropsychologist. So mm. She knew everything about the brain and mm. she couldn't speak. It took three years for her to get that, but she specifically talks about in that TED talk when a nurse would come in who was had an attitude, who didn't treat her well, she could feel the difference from a loving nurse who came in. Just her lying in bed that she could feel the difference. Isn't that amazing how the body can sense that and sense the emotions and sense the energy from the emotions that people have? And I always tell people this, you know, um, that that our point of attraction is always based on our emotions. So so it's always and our emotions are are affected or created by what we're thinking. So it's always important to be aware of our thought processes and what's going on in our head, because that does create that emotion, which which creates our point of attraction. And our point of attraction is what we emit. Right. And so people will always know what that is, even if you try to hide it. Right. There are some people that are really, really good at it, of course. But even if you try to hide it, because I can't do it, I can't like if I'm irritated, you you, you will know it's in my <laughs> face. Right? I can't hide my emotion. So I'm a I'm yeah. a really bad liar. <laughs> I can't. I could try. You'd be like, oh, yeah, no, he's lying. <laughs> so you can but, feel um, it. You, you can feel it. it. Exactly. So um, so uh, but to that to that degree, it's like, you know, I think, and not just in this, in your scenario too, in terms of what you do, um, but in every every aspect of life, like, you know, when you lead with a certain point of attraction, it's going to impact your environment and the people in that environment as well. So I think, I think that's an um, important thing to understand too, as we move through this. So now um, we're coming to the end of the, the podcast here, but I want, where can people find you and, and how do they get a hold of you or how do they get, a, if they think they have Louis body or maybe their loved ones thinks that, you know, their, their, the other loved one has a Louis body disease, where can they find you? How do they go about getting help with this? Oh, thank you. Uh, okay. So it's the Louis Body Dementia Resource Center. Louis and, Body, and I'll put this on. I'll put this on the the podcast. L E W Y. So let me be clear. It's L E W Y. It's the Louis Body Dementia Resource Center because there is one other organization in um in Atlanta. You is, that a, is that a website? Yes. Okay. So um, I want to give the short. URL for the website so you don't have to put it all in. It's LBD, like Louis Body Dementia, LBDNY.org. And the LBDNY.org and the helpline is 516-218-2026. And we also have an 800 number that is 833-LBD-LINE. And it's available seven days. Yes, either 516- 218-2026 or 833-LBD-LINE. And we are available seven days a week, 12 hours a day, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern time. But okay. please know if for some reason you get a recording, it just means we're busy. We will call you back that day. Okay. Oh, okay. So within a day, that you'll, you'll call them back. You know, Norma, thank you so much for sharing this. And I really appreciate it. I think that, you know, it's important to bring awareness to things that may not necessarily be on the forefront or the mainstream of things where people, when, when, when the information is offered and people have 
an option to look at something different, I think that it's important to give them, you know, uh, a way forward, you know. Uh, Thank you. I yeah. wanted to I wanted to add because this was just this morning I was talking to a caregiver who I know well and her husband passed just a few months ago oh, and she was that. reminding me she was reminding me about and it, so many times I hear from other caregivers how people who are in the dying process or in hospice that they are seeing people who are familiar or others who are not familiar who may be coming for them. I it's 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 like I hear it all the time. So she reminded me this morning that her husband most of the time couldn't have conversations with her. He could just nod and say yes or no. But once in a while, when the light switch went up, mm -hmm. he could say something. And he told her it was just like two weeks before he passed that two women came to visit me. And she said, do you know who they were? She she's saying to me, I know they were angels, but I didn't want to say that to him. Mm -hmm. And he said, no, I don't know who they were. And she said, were you frightened? And he said, no. And then he told her again, the two women came to see me. Um, no, they're very nice, but I don't know if I want to participate in their program. <laughs> <laughs> See what happens. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So. Well, you know, I mean, I'm sorry to uh, sorry to hear 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 that um, one of your uh, clients lost their loved ones. Um, but I always like I will say this, you know, we never pass alone, and that's the beauty of you know when at the time when we find ourselves crossing over, we never do that by ourselves. Um, I used to be so afraid of you know living this world by myself and dying alone, um, but since doing this work and wrapping my head around it, I'm not afraid of that anymore. I'm not even afraid of dying anymore. So, um, well, when I was a kid, I was, um, but it's a very common story when those who are you know, at that point or very close to the point of crossing over that they do, you know, seem to have these visitations from the other side or spirit world or, you know, universal, whatever you want to call that, um, just to kind of sort of give them some peace and let them know that, yeah, they're not going to be alone at that time. But I love the fact that he says, I didn't want to participate in the in their program. I think that's hilarious. So, I know. That's really funny. That was, so, that was cute. Thank you so much, Norma. And thank you so much for spending this time with me. And I hope that um, um, things, you know, move forward in the, in the, we talked about this earlier, but in move forward in the direction in the way that you plan and the way that you hoped. Um, and uh, that you bring a lot of awareness to this because I think it's important. So thank you so much, Kenny. I so appreciate okay. you doing this and thank you for all. Oh, yes. So. You have every day. All righty. Okay. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Soon. Okay. Bye bye. Bye.